Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm so excited to be joined today by my co-host, Tia Johnston. Hello, I'm excited to be here. So happy to have you. Um, How's the off-season going? It's going. It's coming to an end, surprisingly. I feel like we literally just got out of football season. I'm sure the rest of the population can relate. Like, was the Super Bowl not just two days ago? <laughs> well, somehow it's April, but yesterday was the Super Bowl. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, ser- I mean, I guess the, the actual season is not approaching, but for the players, they report Monday, so. Well, we've also got the NFL draft and we had the combine. The season never really ends, if we're being honest. Which I'm fine with as a like avid football fan. Like I know that basketball and baseball is longer, but I wish football was longer than it is. So I'm glad that we have football stuff to talk about coming up. I look forward to the draft because I don't know. I think that's always an exciting event. Well, it's just such an uplifting experience. Like, there's just – it feels like everybody wins with the draft, right? You have players whose dreams are coming true. Like, hope is fan bases. It's just so heartwarming. And it's, like, suspenseful. Like, especially when you have players that you care about. Like, I guess we're kind of 
spoiled because we're Ohio State fans. So we always have somebody like, are they going to go third overall? Like, that's what I love about it. I guess if you don't have players that typically go in the first like five picks, it's not as exciting. But for Ohio State fans, it's pretty exciting. (laughs) It sure is. I mean, I remember last year I made like, I had a little party for myself. Uh, I think Dave was out of town. And so I like, ordered takeout and I like put on my Browns jersey and I watched the draft (laughs) and you know Justin Fields went super high and it was it was such a it was a great time as a fan I remember you texting me the year J.K. Dobbins was like just kept dropping and dropping and we were texting what is going on (laughs) that was probably my favorite draft I was livid um (laughs) or that We'll get to this in a minute or that time that I think this was last year when uh, the player from Miami got drafted and his like girlfriend was like waving their cat around. (laughs) (laughs) But it happened after it happened after 9 p.m. Eastern time. So you did not see it. So I had to share it with you later. You sent me the replay. Oh, my gosh. That's like the other thing that COVID brought to us was the players getting drafted in their homes and you just get to see like the behind the scenes that brought great content oh my gosh I forgot about that cat oh it was (laughs) it was a great cat moment um so I have to admit uh Tia I'm guessing the answer is no but are you a fan of Wrestlemania no I just I can't I cannot (laughs) I I don't understand the hype around this sport are you about to tell me that you are? No, I'm about to tell you that. So uh, Brett and I do uh, Your Nuts on Tuesday. And this week he was like, hey, we should talk about WrestleMania because it was this weekend. And he's a he's a big wrestling fan. I know um, he is. And I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm doing this for you, Brett. But like, I, I know zero things about WrestleMania. So I had to spend this weekend <laughs> researching WrestleMania. Oh and gosh. I have to say, as much as, like, I adore Kyle Snyder. Like, who doesn't? And, like, yeah. wrestling, I can get behind, like, have a lot. Like, my in-laws are in Iowa. Like, my husband's from Iowa. Wrestling is apparently very important to those people. So, like, I get it. But then I was just like, I am lost. This is, like, an entire new universe. It would probably be, like – someone who had never heard of Harry Potter, like entering the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. I mean, like, not to go on a rant, like it's acting, right? I mean, we we know this to be true, isn't it? I think so. That's what I've, so got, I I've gathered from all of the articles that I've read. Yeah, And like, I think it's just the characters and there's drama. And I think it's literally like this, it's more of being a fan of almost like a movie or a TV show. Like to relate it to Harry Potter kind of makes it make sense. Like less than being a sports fan. That's how I would put it. Because I, I'm i like you, wrestling, I, I come from a huge wrestling family. Like all my uncles wrestled. I love wrestling, but this is not the same thing. And I just... You know, I'm not going to trash it because people like the WrestleMania fans are avid fans. So, 
you should do in your you nu- your nuts article like <laughs> he should argue why it's a great thing to watch and you should argue our <laughs> point of view. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm happy that it makes him happy. I'm happy that it makes other people happy. But I was sharing this with Dave and he was like, Meredith, I'm going to be honest. I think you would rather watch NASCAR than WrestleMania and that's saying something. And I was like, ooh, (laughs) sick burn. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway, um, Tia, so excited to have you on the show today. Uh, We're going to talk about some hot topics, including the women's NCAA tournament, which wrapped up on Sunday night. But first, we have some walk-in items, but we have a theme here, and it's don't call it a comeback. So we're going to kick things off. We do. Yes. Wow. These are like – so we've got four stories. Uh, All of them are like good, happy stories at their core. So we're going to kick it off with Colin Kaepernick. Um, So the the bitter part about this is that all of this happened – at the Michigan spring game. Yeah. But uh, Colin Kaepernick was named an honorary captain for the Michigan spring game. Um, He passed in front of allegedly some NFL scouts, and he's working to make his comeback. Um, How this man has not been given a shot is beyond me. Like, look, Harbaugh's recruiting has easily been his downfall as a coach, but this is probably – his best move like kudos to him everything aside I think it is freaking awesome that he brought Colin Kaepernick especially you know having a brother in the NFL and maybe he will seek to be in the NFL one day to kind of risk that you know I mean or he just fails at getting into the NFL like he just did but regardless I think it's awesome I I agree I don't understand how Colin Kaepernick is not on a team and Deshaun Watson is, but I digress. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, no, super exciting. Uh, I've, I've, I've always loved Colin Kaepernick. Um, that was such an exciting season when he was on the 49ers with Jim Harbaugh. Um, and, you know, I was definitely pulling for them in the Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, he's, been such an advocate for obviously as we know black lives matter um, and for some reason like he has now been blacklisted in the nfl because of that action um but he certainly has more talent say than a lot of other quarterbacks that we know in the league but he's still young he's still got a shot so hopefully you know this performance at michigan will be enough to put him over the edge and get him an nfl contract we will see um next story we want to talk about uh this was shocking to me, Tia, but Thad Mata, Butler's new head coach. Yeah. No, that's – I when I – how did I find out? Oh, I think Cam told me, and I was like, no, that probably means, like, he's going to be in the front office or something. Like, Yeah, because he's, like, the assistant, assistant AD coach. at Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, like something – I mean, I was not expecting this man to come back, especially in a head coaching position. It's wild, especially with how he left Ohio State, um, which was so health-related. Like, he was unwell by the time he left. Um, but when Ohio State played Indiana at the end of the season in Columbus, you know, Thad was there 
on the Indiana bench. And he looked, I thought he looked good. I don't know if you watched that game or if you saw him, but like he looked 10 years younger than the last time we saw him on the sidelines at Ohio State. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, maybe time off was the best thing for him. I mean, there's no argument that he is a fantastic coach and physical health. I mean, I don't know how much that contributes to your ability to coach basketball. Never played basketball. <laughs> so I, don't know. It seems, I feel like they seem to yell a lot. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can <laughs> scream from a chair like, and you know, he has the, the ability to like, you know, capture a team's attention. All of his guys absolutely loved him, respected him. So, you know, if you if you have a bad nerve in your foot, I don't think that's gonna <laughs> I don't think that's gonna hurt Butler. Yeah, we'll see. Um certainly wish him nothing but the best. Obviously Mata did so much for the Ohio State basketball program. I looked this up a couple weeks ago for something else I was writing and he's like one of the winningest coaches in Ohio State history. Uh, We obviously remember the – it's like almost a recent streak in like the late aughts and early 2010s of our Final Four and Sweet 16 appearances at Ohio State. Um, But uh, hopefully he's able to do great things at Butler. Ohio State doesn't have to play Butler all that much, so we can wish him all the best. Yeah, there we go. Um, This next one, I guess all of these have been shocking to me, Tia. Um, but Tiger Woods might make his return at the Masters. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't find it that surprising just because he's been creeping up in the media a lot more recently. Like, I think we saw a lot about him when he got in that car accident. And then it was quiet for a little bit. And now more and more, especially with his son, like... I don't know. Is he trying to do what LeBron's trying to do? And like, he wants to play with his son one day. I, I feel like that kind of has something to do with it because he's been playing with his son a lot, which is just adorable. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up LeBron too, because you know, what ties them together is they're both incredibly fierce competitors. And like, it's, you're right. In some ways, it's not surprising at all that he's coming back and trying he he may make a comeback at the masters um we saw a few years ago when he had been really really struggling he hadn't won a major in years and then he also won the masters um and seemed to be back at the top of his game if anyone could make a comeback after an absolutely debilitating car accident that you know literally crushed his legs um it's tiger woods so we'll see yeah I mean, and I feel like Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, like you always see this where if they think that they still have, you know, if they, that they still have it, they just cannot scratch the itch to prove that. And like, why would you, if you still think that you're the greatest of all time, like you are the greatest at what you do and you, you still think that you can play at that level. Like I don't blame them. Like why, why does Tom Brady have to retire? Because he's like a certain age, you know, and he's been playing this long and same with Tiger Woods. So, I mean, if he comes back and he wins the masters, like we'd be witnessing history. So I hope that happens for him. 
I like Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, as an aside, uh, we went to the Bulls game on Saturday night and like the number of Michael Jordan references, even in 2022 is bananas. Um, and they did like have a little like ode to the flu game. Um, and it's just really, you know, I guess humbling to remember that even Michael Jordan playing with the flu is significantly better than you at basketball. Um, <laughs> also at this game it was Benny the Bull which is the Bull's mascot um, it was his birthday on Saturday so they did like all of these birthday celebrations um, oh yeah, I adore mascots and so I was like in heaven because there was all of this like these like mascot themed skits and events and stuff and it was great um, oh my gosh but anyway uh, oh, last <laughs> Uh, last hot topic um, is Frank Gore. Uh, Tia, I love when this happens so much. So Frank Gore is signing a one-day contract with the 49ers um, so that he can retire with the team that drafted him. It just warms my heart every time this happens. I know. That's such a cool thing to do for the fans. But also, like, I saw this pop up and I was like, wait, Frank Gore is still in the league. He's <laughs> if you talk about retiring at a certain age, like wow. Frank How Gore is, is he I'm, I have to look it up. He's 38. He's 38 and he's a running back. Yeah, that's stupid. I mean, that's I like, mean, you hear about like 38-year-old offensive linemen, not like the most physically <laughs> demanding position on the team that's impressive yeah um kudos to him wishing you all the best in your retirement oh man this was like a really little heartwarming segment it really i like when you see the four bullet points together i was like oh my gosh our entire theme is athletes coming back i wish tom brady would have done that this week well we're not going to cut the positivity out entirely uh, because the big story of today, we are recording on a Monday, um, was South Carolina's win over UConn for the Gamecocks' second all-time NCAA tournament title and their first since 2017. Um, so for starters, congrats to South Carolina, congrats to Don Staley on the championship, but we have to get into some of the nuance here that I thought was really interesting. Um, so Tia, I know we talked last year so much about Paige Beckers from UConn. Um, the final game pitted Beckers against this year's player of the year, Aaliyah Boston from South Carolina. Um, I, I don't know how much of the women's tournament you watched, but Beckers has been not playing through injury, but like has been taking a beating throughout this tournament. She's just so tough. Like she's, she keeps getting injured. Or just, like, her well, her style of play? Her style of play. Like, she's she is super, like, physical. Um, and I think it was against Stanford in the Final Four that she just, like, was diving for balls. Like, it looked like she got actually hurt. Um, and then she was like, nope, I'm absolutely playing against South Carolina. And then she did. So, I mean, that's cool. See – these athletes are just – I could never. <laughs> I yeah. get like a hangnail and I am out for the week. It's 
It's very true. Um, but I thought one thing that was also interesting about this, so I mentioned this is South Carolina's second title. Um, did you know that just 15 programs have ever won an NCAA women's basketball tournament? That's bonkers. That's bananas. Um, so UConn has won 11. Tennessee's won eight. Uh, and obviously, like, UConn was in the finals last night. But uh, when you looked at the final four, um, it was a group that had won titles before. So it was like, okay, well, we're not going to expand the pie here. Um, but what was interesting was it had seemed in the last few years like this league, which had, for all intents and purposes, had no parity, like even less parity than college ba- or college football. Um, it looked like it was kind of expanding. Even this year, there were some really good Big Ten teams that looked like they might have a shot at a tournament title. Um, but it looks like in some ways, we might just be entering a new dynasty with a different monarch with South Carolina and Don Staley. That's super exciting. Um, I read this stat about Don Staley, speaking of which, um, she became the first black coach just coach in men's or women's division one basketball history to win multiple national championships. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for her, but like what's happening in the rest of the NCAA? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like Um, impressive stat, but also how is that the first time? Yeah. Um, We're going to talk about like the general star power of, women's basketball players in a bit, but like I want to focus on Dawn Staley for just a minute. Um, So that's an incredible stat. So first of all, winning two national championships as a coach, um, she was a six-time WNBA All-Star, two-time College Player of the Year, um, six-time SEC tournament championship or champion as a coach, like it's oh my gosh. impressive. Like, and when you compare her to, so I, I don't know if you saw this, but Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi did like a mega cast last night, also like in conjunction with the final. And you know, you have Candace Parker who was uh, an analyst on the men's tournament, like. The star power from WNBA players has been strong this season. That's incredible. Um, But like I said, we will get to some more nuance there in a minute. But I do want to ask, like, at what point are we going to get a Big Ten team in the championship game? Am I wrong in thinking that Ohio State is getting closer and closer? They're getting closer and closer, for sure. Okay, that's what I thought because I know that I mean, who was who got further than them this year as far as Big 10? Michigan. So Michigan did make the Elite 8. Um so they definitely went a lot further than any other Big 10 team. Iowa lost in the second round much earlier than expected. Michigan did well. Ohio State made it to the Sweet 16. I think Indiana also made it to the Sweet Indiana and Maryland also made it to the Sweet 16. So it was a good performance all around. Just no one could quite close the deal. We need, yeah. 
We need Ohio State basketball back to where it was, speaking of Thad Mata. <laughs> Whether it's men or women's, I mean, I just want I just want to put them in my final four bracket and be correct. It's funny. I we had dinner on Friday night with a friend who's a North Carolina fan and she's current she at the time was first in her bracket pool. Um, but she was like, I picked North Carolina to lose in the second round. She's like, I had to hedge my bet that, you know, either my bracket would do well or my team would do well. <laughs> yeah. Um so I don't think she's probably still first in her bracket pool, just given how those points accumulate. Yeah, I, I doubt it. So one of the obvious things that we have to talk about when it comes to the women's tournament is that inequality remains an issue. Uh, we all remember Sedona Prince last year, who was the player who made the video. Um, Tia, do you remember this? Of the women's weight room in San Antonio yeah. at the fi- or at the how can I forget? Yeah. <laughs> well, because it was a forgettable weight room. <laughs> True. It was like it was like a going into and a dumbbell. <laughs> yeah, it was like going to the Fairfield Inn like gym, essentially. Yeah, like that was the not even weight room. <laughs> yeah, like there wasn't even an equipment. There was literally like a stack of yoga mats and like some five pound dumbbells, and it's like, are you but serious? like, and These then are- just for reference, like we all know that the men's team were treated like royalty literally so i know we talked about this when it happened but it just to this day blows my mind that the ncaa knows that social media is a thing why did they think that the women weren't gonna post that all over the place and be like what (laughs) like come on i mean there's no hiding your sexist behavior anymore Let's be real. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, this like this video brought out like l- like literal commissions from the U.S. federal government yes. on like <laughs> how the NCAA was treating its uh, female athletes. Um, but what was fascinating? Okay, okay. So this is what's really really cool about the situation. Okay, so NCAA is disrespectful of its female athletes. Like that is what these commissions found. NCAA is trying to do better. This year, arguably, like the women's tournament appeared to be better from an organization perspective. What was really neat is how the me- like media and sponsors have recognized the value of the women's tournament and how that has boosted the product. So, um, Tia, do you want to talk about this article from the New York Times? Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that women could bring money in? It's just a wild concept, truly. Um, This article was insane. I had no idea. This This was the whole thing that I gathered from it was women's basketball players receive the second most endorsement money of any college athlete, followed by men's basketball players. That's wild. Like, especially, and I don't even care if, like, I don't care what these brands, you know, you you can argue and be like, oh, the brands are doing that for their own look, you know. And similar, I guess you could say this about Michigan, like, you're bringing Colin Kaepernick 
to make yourself look better. Like, I don't care why you're doing it. As long as women are receiving their compensation and getting into the spotlight, like, I don't care how they get there. You know, I think that's awesome for the sport and just for women athletes, period. And was it wasn't like the or wasn't the um, third and fourth most endorsed athletes like women's swimming and diving was one of the Missy Franklin. <laughs> I I just I don't know. I think or maybe that was just women's sports, but I think after women's basketball, it's swimming, diving, and volleyball. That makes sense. Just, yeah, yeah, I mean, you have so many Olympians in those sports that right. uh, when they go back to their schools, obviously they should be receiving these deals. Um, and definitely, you know, not only did these, again, like federally mandated commissions looking into the NCAA impact this, um, but as Tia, as you alluded to, the NIL and name, image, and likeness rules changes are benefiting women perhaps more than anyone else. So while I I think the stat is something like just 20% of the top earners of NIL deals are women, um, women's basketball, as you said, is the second most endorsed program type behind college football. Um, And these players are saying, hey, I actually do have star power. Um, We, I love Caitlin Clark so much. I'm so sad that Iowa did not make a better run in the tournament. (laughs) Um, But I know I I can name more women's basketball stars this year than men's basketball stars. And I think that's true for a lot of people. They've gotten so – much coverage because of how good they are and because of the deals that they've been able to strategically make that position them in front of these audiences. Yeah. And going back to like the NCAA or what's her name? Sorry, hold on. Who posted? The, oh, Sedona, Sedona Prince's Prince. video. Like, that sucked for them, but I feel like that is almost what led to all of this. Like, yes, all of the what the NCAA changed for them as far as the tournament goes, but even just the attention that they're now getting. I mean, again, like, I don't care what the ulterior motives are, but I think that has a lot to do with it because they that is what We've been screaming from the rooftops that women's basketball, including the WNBA, needs more coverage. Like, we've been saying that for years, but now all of a sudden there's this huge shift. And I think it was all of the airtime that that specific scene, the weight room and all of that got. So it's kind of, you know, bittersweet, but I think that that was what did it. Yeah. Definitely sucked to be a woman in the NCAA tournament last year because of how they were treated, but like making it better in the future, that's the whole point. Um, And if you're looking for a proof point, this year's tournament ratings through the Elite Eight uh, were up 11% from last year. People are tuning in because it's a great product to watch. Um, And again, as an aside, while at the Bulls game on Saturday, uh, the Bulls hit like their first three three three-pointers. And my first thought was not like, oh, wow, like, you know, the Bulls are shooting well. It was, oh, wow, this is like watching 
a women's basketball game. Yeah. Because the three-point shooting is so good. That's what I associate with good three-point shooting now. Um, And you can't be the only one, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, I know, like, I've been to multiple, like, places this year to watch sports, and women's basketball has been on when I walked in. Like, it's just such a fun product to watch at this point. Yeah. Um, I saw a really interesting article. I think it was in The Athletic. Um, and it was talking about with these ratings increases for women's basketball, it's time that ESPN needs to put it on prime time on ABC, which I thought was <laughs> like, you know what? Because I think, uh, okay, I have to dig back because I don't have this pulled up, but it was like uh, on the t- same time slot as American Idol and like achieved significantly better ratings than American <laughs> Idol. So just put it put it where the eyeballs are. Um, yeah. Like, but, and on another note, it's just time to end that show anyway. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I could, <laughs> I, I lost interest after like season five. Yeah, um, after like Carrie Underwood. <laughs> thereabouts. I think Chris Daughtry was my like chosen champion and he got knocked out yeah. so early. So I cried I, when I was little. Uh, got to like fourth. Don't worry. He, I remember. He should have won guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway. We're not bitter. Um, But just to close this out, I wanted to highlight a couple of uh, the cool NIL deals that I saw, um, you know, while looking up this section. So first of all, Paige Beckers was the first or became the first college athlete this year to represent Gatorade. Wow. Which I didn't realize. So That's huge. Go Paige and go Gatorade. Yeah. Um, But also, this is is a wild one and like I'm – unclear on what the details are, but it feels like – so UConn's uh, Ozzy Fed entered into an NIL deal with Steph Curry's umbrella company. Um, this was the first deal between an NBA player and a college athlete. And while the details of the deal are like unclear and like haven't been disclosed, it's essentially a mentorship deal where Steph Curry is mentoring F- uh, Fed so that she can prepare for her career in the WNBA as a professional athlete. Wow. Go Steph Curry. I know. I love Steph Curry. And he like designed his shoes for women's basketball players too. I'm like, yeah. oh. I mean, <sighs> him your girl, Dad. and LeBron and Kobe, like they have played a huge part in all of this. So I'm sure that's not going to be the, f- or maybe has a player already come out and signed any, women's basketball players since Steph because if not like there's there there will be more to come I'm not sure yeah it feels like this might be an off-season move for like the summer league or something like that yeah I I read Um, here Paige Becker's let's see Lawrence I don't know who Lawrence is but he said oh 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 Blake Lawrence is the chief executive of Open Doors, which is the tech company that has teamed with um, a bunch of athletes to navigate their marketing opportunities. And he said that she is earning over $1 million from her endorsements. Woof. That's awesome. But like in a good way. <laughs> good, for, good for you, Paige. I'm so happy. <laughs> Why couldn't my mom put me in basketball in fourth grade? I think you're a little on the short Not side. Yeah. I wouldn't have made it to the high school team, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no. Um, all right. Well, we've got more NCA tournament stuff to talk about, um, but we are going to take a short break. So stay with us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. So as I mentioned previously, we are recording this on Monday with the finals of the NCAA men's tourney scheduled for tonight. Um, Tia and I could easily embarrass ourselves with some bold predictions, but we have more important bones to pick. Um, So welcome to our semi-annual diatribe on championship games being held after 8 p.m. on school nights. Ask me if I even considered watching North Carolina and Duke play. Ask me if I even thought about it. The answer is did, did I was in bed at like it? seven. What? <laughs> and I mean, like, okay, so granted, Tia, like, Tia and I do go to bed very early. We are not night owls. However, this game is scheduled to tip off at 9.20 p.m. Eastern time. That's atrocious. Why? Is, like, I asked that's you. That's a lot of people's bedtime. Why, though? Not just us. Like, why can't you just follow – the men's football, the NFL even, they all start earlier than this. Why is it 920? I'm genuinely cur- curious. There has to be a logical answer. Yeah. And like even the women's tournament was like the championship was late last night. Like it, I mean, it was not as late, but it still ended, I think at like 930 or so. Um, but that would be preferable. Like why is this game not starting at a time that will allow you to watch it and not be hampered the next day. I don't understand. Like, is the, is it setting up? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's a basketball court. You just fill it with people and then you're ready and then you play. Like there's no huge preparation. It's also in New Orleans, which I believe is central time. Um, So it's 820, which is not, much better. Um, but again, this is our semi-annual diatribe. So we've said all of these things before. But when you have games this late, it limits your future fan base. Like kids aren't – I mean, I don't know. I don't think kids are watching this game. Like casual fans aren't watching this game. No one's having parties to watch this game. I mean, yeah, unless, you know, you're in North Carolina. But maybe. I'm going to be in my pajamas with a cup of tea, maybe watching maybe the first half. If I were to have watched a game, I think it would have been North Carolina and Duke. And even that <laughs> wasn't enough. So I'll be waking up and checking the score. Um, 
That's think good. I'm just going to root for North Carolina because they're the underdog. That sounds good enough for me. Yeah, I feel like I'll root for Carolina because I don't know. I feel like this was a very boring Final Four, especially now that Duke is out of it, I can say this. Like, it's all blue bloods. Yeah. The only interesting storyline was like, will Coach K win a a championship in his final season? Um, But otherwise, it's like Kansas, Villanova, UNC, and Duke, all of whom I think the last – all of whom have won championships this century. I think Kansas won in 09. Haven't they won more recently? Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Don't ever believe anything I say about basketball. Um, So the last championship they won was in 08. They were runners up in 12. So, and they made the final four in 18. So like, again, these are teams we've all, like we've seen all these teams before. And like, um, I, no one expected St. Peter's to make the finals, but that would have at least made it interesting. I would have watched – I would have stayed up late if St. Peter's was in this game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's also really interesting that you have this problem because we have that problem in football as well, which is why everybody wants a new playoff format. But, I yeah. mean, even with this humongous bracket – we're still seeing Duke, UNC, Kansas, Villanova. Like, you know, I guess we see more variation in basketball more often, but it's just interesting to me that even with all of these teams, you still get the Blue Bloods in the end. Yeah, I think that's why this year's tournament was so – I mean, again, first few rounds are interesting, but, like, yeah, Final Four is meh. Also, just before I forget – did you see the Coach K Nike commercial? I didn't. Okay. Tell me about it. Okay. I don't even – okay. It's this video and it's just words across the screen as Nike does. And it's like you can't spell brotherhood without K. You can't spell winning without K. You can't spell – blah, blah, blah. And it's all these words that do not have K in them. And then it's, you can't spell coach without K. And then it shows him. And I don't get it. All, (laughs) none of the words have K in them. And so I'm looking through the comments on Twitter, like somebody explained this to me and everybody is like, what? (laughs) You could have done like, you can't spell basketball without K. You can't spelled Duke without K. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Please watch it. I was really hoping you watched it because I even showed it to Cam and he's like, I have nothing. I don't. I I don't. You're get Nike. It. You had all you you can't spell Nike you without can't spell K. Nike without K. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna think about this until like I die. Like who whose idea was this? I don't know. Some brand manager at Nike. Um, (laughs) Someone's getting fired. Well, this has been fun. Uh, We have one more topic. This is kind of a bummer to end the show on. I don't know why we put it here. Um, But we haven't had a chance to talk about the NFL's recent change to the Rooney rule, uh, but did want to give it some airtime today. So um, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, the NFL updated the Rooney rule. Um, I believe it was to include assistant coaches, but they also added women. Um, so NFL teams must consider 
uh, both minorities and women when hiring for open positions. Um, so definitely a win. We've seen women like Jennifer King uh, make an impact um, with the Washington football team. Um, we've seen more women hires on NFL teams. Um, but the problem, Tia, is that the Rooney rule hasn't exactly worked. Yeah, I hadn't heard this yet. And so I saw in the notes, like the as you were typing to include the Rooney rule. And I was like, oh, did they fix it? Because as we know, teams have been, you know, following it, quote unquote. They've interviewed guys that they know they're not going to hire just to appease the rules. So I thought they were going to fix it that way. Like not saying that adding women into the mix isn't a win, but I don't think it's addressing the problem. I think it's just kind of like throwing this out there and being like, okay, here, like we'll we'll cover this up with this, in my opinion. Because I mean, if you're just going to like do what you've been doing and you're going to interview a woman just to interview her, you know, it's, it's disrespectful. Yeah. That's what Malcolm Jenkins said. Yeah. Love when I agree with Malcolm Jenkins. Um, Also, not not a comeback, certainly, but uh, kudos to Malcolm Jenkins yeah. on an incredible career. I mean, wow. he. I feel like he's retiring at the right time. You know, I think, yeah, he's been insane ever since he played for Ohio State. Love him. Has he won three Super Bowls, two Super Bowls? Regardless, he's a Super Bowl champion, Malcolm Jenkins. Um but yeah, in, in terms of the Rooney rule, uh, so the the official rule change was for offensive assistance. Teams have to consider uh, black and women candidates. Uh, but the problem is the Rooney rule has been in existence for head coaching positions for years. No Lovey Smith and Texans. Do you say there's one black head coach in the NFL? So there was after this offseason. Did the Texans hire? Yep. And then Todd Bowles got hired. Yeah, they hired um, Lovey. So there are now. After this offseason, after Black Monday, there was one black head coach in the NFL. There are now three because the Texans hired Lovey and Todd Bowles. I see what you're um, saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, was hired. So we still have three black head coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Which is not a lot. Not good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, just as an aside, 70% of the players in the NFL are black. This is like so. Like, if the, we're gonna take it there, um, we always hear the argument that women can't be in football because they've never played. Whether that's you know being a reporter, or an analyst, or a coach. And so, if you do the math, I think if you want someone who's played football to be your coach, it's probably gonna be a black guy. <laughs> well, it's just it's just troubling that. You have this pool of players who, when they retire, might want to go into coaching. And, like, it's a logical point to start as being a player and rising up the coaching ranks, right? Um, So how is it possible that at this point, years and years after the Rooney Rule has been implemented, that you still have three black head coaches? Right. And, like... Again, you fired two of three at the end of last season. Like, 
Yeah. It's absurd. So right. again, like love love the theory behind expanding it. Also, I do love that it's been expanded to assistant coaches because it is a little bit absurd to say you have to only interview at the head coaching role because you have to be an assistant before you're a head coach, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so so this rule changes. I mean, if, if we're ever going to see a woman in a head coaching position in our lifetime, there needs to be more assistance. Yeah. You have to be giving a shot to be an assistant, a coordinator, a head coach. No one is going to come in day one and be a head coach just because they interview Which for we it, right? see because we're just recycling head coaches all the time. Like a head coach will leave a team like Doug Peterson. He's been head coach wherever and now he's head coach over here again. Like they, they rarely ever pick from the pool. So in the odd chance that they do pick an assistant coach, you know, we need more variation. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, taking this outside of the NFL, like this isn't the NBA again is much we can say it. The NBA is much better at diversity initiatives than the NFL has ever been. Um, but even yeah. Becky Hammond, um, another person who I just love and admire so much, who was an assistant under Greg Popovich for years and years and years, just got her shot as a head coach uh, with the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA. She got turned down for the Portland job in the NBA, which is just also absurd to me. Um, but yeah, like we'll, there's problems with the rule. We know that the rule has not worked as intended over time. Um, but hopefully some of these changes start to shift. But the other thing that sort of like frosts my cookies in this scenario is like, (laughs) sorry, have you seen True Beverly Hills? Like I've been saying this since I was like seven. (laughs) I have never heard that phrase. I don't know if it's a thing that people say, but like the she's like the like Girl Scout troop leader. She's like, it really frosts my cookies. We work so hard. I mean, it's very, it's so innocent. (laughs) Well, anyway, I understand what you were saying. Thank you. (laughs) Well, anyway, it really frosts my cookies though. When the NFL claims to support women, they expand these rules. And then, granted, this is not the NFL's league and this is one of its franchises, but. Now the highest paid quarterback in the league is Deshaun Watson for the Browns. What the heck? I mean, I mean, and what's worse is like he had endless options. Like he chose where he wanted to go. It wasn't like he was begging to be somewhere. He got to pick where he was going. And like you said, he's highest paid quarterback. I mean. Jeez. And then you watch that entire press conference and, you know, Cleveland reporters, good for them, would not let him get out of there without just getting hounded. And he just, you know, brushed them all off his shoulder. I can't believe the NFL. I can't believe them. Yeah. And for those of you who did not see the press conference, um, he said, I've never assaulted any women. And then, this is the real kicker, I've never disrespected any women. Yeah, that's not for you to decide. Yeah, right. literally not for you to decide. And also I mean, you have. I Like, I can't, none, no human can sit here and be like, I've never disrespected someone. Like, you don't know if you have or you haven't. 
And like, that's just at a lesser scale. Like we all know, like Deshaun Watson, innocent until proven guilty, whatever. He did it. I'm telling you, this is a fact. Like, so I just don't understand how the Cleveland GM can sit there and turn a blind eye to win some football games. I mean, yeah. You don't have 22 women coming forward with independently with the exact same story, like where there's no. smoke, there's fire. No. And there's a oh lot of smoke and there's fire. Like we know, like we know what happened. But there are also at least there is at least one woman, maybe more, who are not a part of this. Like they're look they're not looking for anything. And who have said like, yes, this is true. So you can't argue that that woman is just looking for a payout. If that's your stupid argument, it's like, a, and it's a stupid argument. Like, look no, at how these women are being raped through the mud. Like, it's not. No one's doing this because they want to have a lawsuit. Like, that's a, such a dumb argument. Um, but, but that's the thing about the NFL. Like, back to your point. And, like, the whole thing about, like, adjusting the Rooney role to have women, I feel like it is another half-ass attempt by the NFL to be like, here, we'll implement this and think that they fix something when there's nothing has been fixed. You're still letting men abuse women as long as they have talent. You're still not letting Colin Kaepernick into the league. Because you're still not hiring black coaches like you can implement any freaking rule you want, but there's no change, which is why the NBA, like you said, is just so much better because they're actually implementing it. (sighs) I love football, but man, love football has always been, I think, both of our favorite sports. And by golly, it is. I don't know. It's, It's almost like I was talking with a friend on Saturday and it's like. I would rather go 0-16 again than win a Super Bowl if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. Because it's going to be – yeah. what does it mean if he wins? Like, we sold our soul. Like, the friend who I was yeah. talking to was like – you know, he's like, I've always joked that I would sell my soul for a Cleveland Super Bowl, and I feel like that's getting put to the test. Like, that's getting called in now. Yeah. that's It's like blood money. Yeah. But also, like, even if even if he never – sees anything from these lawsuits like mind you he did what they're saying he did so what is not to say that as soon as he starts feeling invincible again he's not going to do something else like what i mean Cleveland i don't doing? think this is the last we hear from him and this time it's going to be the browns problem yep so, what is what is cleveland doing what is cleveland building into this contract to make sure that this doesn't happen again like yeah, which I, they asked I want to the GM, know. and he's like, "Yeah, we we talked to the women employees. Like, we, like, I don't know, take his Instagram away. Apparently, that's <laughs> what he seems to need to do. Don't let him DM anyone. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, anyway, we're gonna. You know what? We're gonna wrap up on the note of kudos to the NBA for for being better than that. Um, and kudos to um the WNBA. And the NCAA Women's Tournament for putting together a kick-ass event. Yeah. I should say the WNBA superstars who were part of this year's Women's Tournament. Um, 
and the woman who played in it. Uh, but anyway, before we wrap up the show, Tia, do you have any shout out? This just came to mind because I forgot to think of one again. Um, but again, <laughs> I think we have a lot of Columbus listeners. Yesterday, right down the street from me is a rabbit rescue. It's Aww. called Ohio House Rabbit Rescue. And you can go online and you can sign up to socialize rabbits for an hour. And all you do is you sit in their little pen and you pet them and talk to them. Like, I'm not even kidding. That Those were the instructions. You have to talk to them because they need to know, like, what humans are like <laughs> so that they can be someone's pet. All you do, I'm not even kidding. You just put your name down. There's no, like, signing anything. Meredith, I was petting this rabbit for like 30 minutes. It was like a stress ball. Oh my God. So if you're feeling stressed out, Columbus people, go pet some rabbits at the rabbit rescue. Oh my God. I feel like- It's in Clintonville. It's amazing. I feel like I need one after that last segment. Um here, we can each have a bunny, and then as we record, we can just pet our bunny. <laughs> well, my Luna, one of the cats, did just try to, like, hop up. She started meowing, actually, so I don't know if that will make it on the audio. <laughs> I hope so. Um, so I'm going to give a shout-out. I know we already shouted her out, but, like, I'm going to shout-out Don Staley because, like, what a boss. Truly. Did you also see that she – in her like post game speech, she was shouting out all the players who didn't get in the game, like didn't get any playing time. Ugh, the tears. That's women, okay? That's all I know. We know how to run teams and give credit to the players. Like, oh, you never see that. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, my other shout out was to Michael Jenkins. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, excuse me. Michael Jenkins played a long, long time ago. Uh, but we already shouted him out. But again, kudos for an incredible career. Yeah, he's a legend. All right, that's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Tia at Tia Johnston underscore, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.